Hello, and welcome to the Methods of Rationality podcast. Our next story is 1984, written by Blue Shift, read by Ineash Brodsky. Perhaps you are wondering what a 1984 My Little Pony mashup parody has to do with rationality. Probably nothing. But things have been far too serious and gloomy lately, and I needed a break with something light and fun, and I consider this both. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed putting it together. But if you're looking for something more serious, may I recommend Floor Night? It's an original piece that draws inspiration from Evangelion and the Southern Reach trilogy. It has an intriguing premise that souls are real and follow a different set of physical laws which we can research and exploit, is well written, and has very solid characterization. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. There's a link at the podcast webpage as usual. And now, the first half of 1984. It was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking thirteen. This was not, as Twilight Sparkle had first assumed, the first sign of a coming totalitarian regime intent on crushing the spirits of all ponies who lived in Equestria, but instead a sign that the work ponies who had been assigned to repair the clock tower had messed it up again. From the ivory-white towers of Canterlot, Twilight Sparkle stared out across the rolling plains of Equestria. Below her, she could see ponies going about their daily business, frolicking in the fields or carrying out important work for the princess. She could feel the shirt collar around her neck tighten as she grimaced at the scenery below, another reminder of the totalitarian prison which she found herself in. Years ago, before living memory, Equestria was different. She had read it in an ancient book, tucked in a cobweb-covered corner of Canterlot Library. Ponies were free to be who they wanted, feel how they wanted. Then came the war, and the princess took control. Ponies had rolled over, bent to her will, let her reshape society in her image. Soon, Equestria had changed completely, totally and forever. She felt her hoof grind hard into the stone floor, the pain reminding her that she was alive, that she could think, that she alone had not succumbed to the iron hoof of Princess Celestia and the all-controlling party. Each day, the fleeting thoughts of revolution against this cruel overlord came over her in waves, stronger and stronger. Every day. Hey, Twilight. Twilight turned, guilty at her seditious thoughts, as a familiar voice called at her shoulder. Putting on the most genuine-looking smile she could manage, she straightened her tie and gave a small, nervous laugh. Uh, hi, Rarity. Just looking out the window, taking in some air. I'll be back at my desk soon. Nonsense. Take as long as you like, Twilight. We're all friends here. Rarity fluttered her painted eyelashes in a nonchalant manner, sweeping a hoof back across an impeccably coiffed mane which matched perfectly the sparkling saddle and frock number she was wearing. 
Also, you realize that this is a non-uniform day, Twilight. You don't have to wear that dreary thing. She gave a disapproving tut at Twilight's gray tie. Remember, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays are casual workwear, and also every alternate Monday. I know! Twilight snapped back, pulling her precious tie away. It's a reminder of the fascist, despotic, authoritarian state which keeps us chained as nothing more than slaves! She wanted to cry, but instead managed a pathetic... I like it. Rarity rolled her eyes and trotted back to the plush open-plan office they shared. Twilight, darling, you should let me take you shopping. I don't see why you should keep wearing those mangy old clothes, especially when Princess Celestia abolished all money in place of a system of mutually agreeable trust. At the sound of the princess's name, Twilight felt her stomach contract in anger again. The princess who thought she knew how to run ponies' lives better, who sought to control every aspect of life. Almost automatically, her eyes moved to the huge poster that dominated the far side of the room. It was peeling in the top corner slightly, as Rarity had not been able to reach high enough to blue-tack it securely in place, and Twilight had refused to help her. It was a simple design, just a large image of Celestia's smiling face, with the legend, Celestia is watching you, emblazoned above it. Below, in similarly large letters, were the words, Sometimes, unless you are doing something private or don't want to be watched, then she is not. Twilight scowled as she sat down at her desk, setting down in the comfortable swivel chair and munching on the contents of the complimentary fruit bowl that all workers at Canterlot Castle were provided with. Before her was spread the reams of paperwork that made up her existence. Every day, more and more pages came in, be they news articles that were about to be published, or books that had sat on library shelves for generations. All these pages had to be fact-checked and corrected if they were found to be misleading in any way, shape, or form. Rarity! Twilight hissed from across her desk, shuffling the reams of paper that sat on it to appear busy as she spoke. Rarity looked up from her own desk, which was spotless save for one sheet upon which rested a quill. Twilight, why are you whispering? Rarity frowned slightly. You're allowed to talk, you know. I know, but... Twilight peered about again. The office was spacious, with about a dozen ponies diligently working away, but sound did travel. But Big Brother is watching us. He is? Rarity perked up, her face curling into a smile and waving at a pony who was standing by a coffee machine. So he is! Hi, Shining Armor! Cooey! She called across the office in delight, and the larger pony waved back and was about to trot over when Twilight leapt from her chair and pulled Rarity's hoof down. No, Rarity, this is between us. I can't take it anymore, I can't. Twilight, this is, uh, if not unexpected, then a bit inappropriate. Rarity coughed nervously. Ahem. <clears throat> I'm flattered and everything, but I'm seeing some pony else and... No, no. 
Twilight corrected Rarity, and then her words finished fully processing. No! I mean, all of this, Rarity, I can't take it anymore, living like this under the iron hoof of the princess. Does it make you happy, Rarity, really? Living in idle luxury in a utopia where your every whim and desire is catered for, where everything you could ever want is free, and where every pony is encouraged to be content and fulfilled? Does that really make you happy? Rarity struggled to extract herself from Twilight's grip. Uh, yes? Twilight shook her head. But what about freedom, Rarity? We're kept downtrodden under this totalitarian hoof which demands we live our life based on a system of love and tolerance. She pulled herself closer to Rarity, her heart racing as she spilled out the sedition which had been building inside her for so long. But what if we don't want to be happy, Rarity? To be truly free, what if we want to irrationally hate? Twilight, are you... Rarity gave a concerned twinge. Unhappy? Is it work? You can always apply for another job, you know. You're not forced to stay here. I'm taking evening classes in fashion, for example. And you should come out on the work socials sometimes. It's not healthy for you to coop yourself up all alone. No, I'm not unhappy. I'm not. Twilight said this a bit too loudly, forcing her face into a rictus grin in case any pony else was listening. They weren't, of course. Their colleagues were all busy politely getting on with their work. Twilight couldn't take the risk, though. She knew that any ponies deemed unhappy were taken to room 101 in the Ministry of Love. The very thought sent shivers down her spine. Rarity's next words were drowned out by the bell that rung out across Canterlot. At once, all the ponies in the room stood up and started to file out of the room, all apart from Twilight and Rarity, who was still pinned down by her friend. Come on, girls! Shining Armor called across the room with a smile. It's time for the two-minute love. Unless you're busy, of course. He gave a knowing wink. Rarity quickly shuffled out of Twilight's hooves and scampered out of the door to join the other ponies leaving Twilight to quietly curse and trot along behind. She had played her cards too early. Would Rarity reveal her antisocial nature to her friends? Would she find herself dragged off to room 101? Years of careful ruminations had been wasted by one thoughtless outburst. With a grim determination, she followed the others downstairs. The conference room of their castle tower was bustling with ponies when Twilight entered. It would be a similar picture all across Canterlot and Equestria itself. At the same time every day, every single pony, unless they didn't want to, gathered for the two-minute love. She tried to carefully push her way through the throng towards Rarity, and perhaps to find out if her friend was about to reveal her nonconformist nature to all, but she could not locate her in the multicolored crowd. Twilight found herself clumsily bumping into a pony as the lights in the room dimmed and the flickering projector started to play. Across the screen flickered black and white images of Pegasi flying in the air, all saluting the crowd. 
Princess Celestia never liked to appear to be worshipped on screen. It was all part of her plan to make the people unconditionally love her by being humble. Of that, Twilight was sure. Ponies of Equestria! The screen announced. The workers of Equestria salute you! Happiness quotients are up to record levels, and to celebrate, Princess Celestia has commissioned a brand new range of delicious chocolate to be given out for free at the end of this presentation. Twilight could hear the crowd cheer, inwardly scowling at the blatant popularism of the princess. The screen suddenly changed to a nightmarish depiction of a black alicorn flashing through the sky, blasting lightning from her horns. The enemy! The screen boomed. Princess Luna, known as Nightmare Moon, twisted into evil, hating every pony and wanting to bring about eternal darkness. Twilight wanted to shout at the screen, to hurl abuse at the evil creature upon it, but instead, a cheer rose from the crowd. We love you! One pony shouted. We forgive you! Cried another. Soon, the room was full of cries of love and tolerance and forgiveness. Finally, Princess Celestia appeared on the screen, resplendent in a simple white robe belying her immense power and influence. Sister! She sighed, her voice tinged with sadness. If you ever hear this message, know that I do not hate you. You are my sister, and I love you. Perhaps your complaints are valid. I would be honored if you would join me and sit down to work out our differences together. No! Strike her down! Twilight wanted to cry. Banish her to the moon! She found herself caught up in the passion of the crowd, though, and soon began to join in the happy cries. Make peace! Twilight called out at the image of Nightmare Moon that once more filled the screen. It's okay to be how you are. We love you too! As the film stopped and the lights came up, Twilight gulped heavily, feeling her legs shaking hard. The words that came out of her mouth were not her own. She had once more joined the crowd. To be free... To be truly free, she had to be individual. She had to rail against this state-enforced freedom and love. At the edge of the room, several ponies in chef uniforms lined up with trays upon trays of delicious-looking chocolate. The gathered crowd began to line up politely to take the free chocolate. Twilight was about to grudgingly join the queue so that she could secretly hate the state by eating the chocolate, striking a tiny victory for personal liberty when she tripped over the hooves of a pony trying to move around her. Stupid bitch! She heard the pony hiss. Her pupils went wide in shock as she looked up to where the voice was coming from to come eye to eye with a blue, silver-maned pony. The pony gave a quick, guilty gasp, offered a hoof to help Twilight back up. I-I mean, I said, whoops, sorry. She grinned sheepishly to Twilight before trotting off.
Twilight's mouth hung open at the departing foul-mouthed pony. Feelings welled up within her that were foreign and unfamiliar, that she had only ever read about in books. Here was a pony who had in an instant sparked up emotions that were forbidden. Here was a pony that Twilight disliked. Hi, Twilight. A familiar voice trilled in her ear. Twilight's mouth slammed shut as Rarity sidled up beside her, holding two chocolate bars in her horn's magical aura. I got you some chocolate. If it's nice, we can go back for seconds. Isn't that wonderful? Twilight ignored the offered chocolate and instead stared after the departing blue pony. Who is that? She whispered urgently to her friend. Rarity frowned, rubbing her chin in concentration. I think I know her. She came to one of the bowling nights, works in the entertaining sick fillies in the hospitals department. Yes, that's it. Trixie. She's called Trixie. Twilight watched the pony as she left. Some pony in this world she did not love. Some pony she could hate. Trixie. The afternoon seemed to drag on forever. Twilight was only half glancing at her work. Somehow, it mattered even less than ever before. Idly, she scribbled a line across a manuscript and wrote, Equestria has always been at peace with Griffonia. She knew that this was probably untrue that there was a brief period two hundred years ago where a slight diplomatic incident over a scalding apple pie had resulted in a small upset. But that barely seemed relevant now. She had some pony she could dislike, some way of solidifying her forbidden rebellion into a physical form. She had to get in touch with Trixie. Hate her face to face. She opened her desk, sifting through the mountains of quills hidden there. Her last act of rebellion had been to take all the new quills from the stationary cupboard and stash them away. She had calculated that in approximately 2.4 million years, her quill hoarding would bankrupt Celestia's regime and cause anarchy from which a new better Equestria could form. She would not live to see it, of course, but just knowing that revolution against the oppressive tyranny was coming gave her a tiny amount of satisfaction. She had tried to rope Rarity into her scheme, but Rarity would only take one extra quill as a spare. Still, even one hidden quill was a blow against the heart of the tyrannical dictatorship. Quickly taking out a quill, Twilight scribbled out a hastily written note. She stared at it for a moment, half stunned that she had managed to put down in words her revolutionary intent. Here was evidence that could be constructed as plotting against the utopia that Celestia promised. If found, she could find herself in the dreaded Room 101. Her resolve hardened. 
She had to contact Trixie. A brief moment of true freedom was worth a hundred years of enslavement. She sealed the letter in an envelope, carefully writing Trixie on the front. Licking her lips, she looked around the busy office, her mind ticking away, wondering how to get it to Trixie. Escaping the prison she called her workplace would take all of her ingenuity. Gathering her resolve, she picked up the letter, slipped it carefully into her mane so only a slight corner was sneakily poking out, and began to trot to the door. I'm just going to the toilet, she shouted loudly to every pony in earshot. I might be some time. That's fine, Shining Armor called out with a friendly wave. Take your time, Twily. Oh, and can you pick us up some donuts? I think we all deserve a treat. I love your new hair clip, Rarity called. Twilight winced at the corner of paper sticking out of her mane. It's a lovely style. You should show us all how to do it when you come back. That's a great idea. Shining Armor seemed to get a degree of inspiration. It suits our paper-based office. Perhaps when you get back, Twilight, you can show us how to make paper hair decorations, and then we can all have the afternoon off. The office erupted into a cheer as Twilight marched out, allowing her face to darken as she left. Soon, she would be free of this nightmare, if only for a brief moment. The next night and day stretched on for an eternity. Twilight had not been able to find Trixie and had instead been forced to hand the letter to an intermediary. Straight away she realized that this had been a huge mistake, that she could have given the letter to a party agent, that it could be read by the wrong pony and she would be taken to room 101. The fear gnawed away at her, sending her into an even grimmer mood than normal. It was during an impromptu mid-morning conga session that she got her reply. As Twilight watched her colleagues happily dancing around their desks, oblivious to the true evil that dominated their society, she felt a small prod at her hindquarters. Convinced that it was party officials come to capture her and take her away, she immediately yelped out, grabbing the first object that came to hoof. In this case, an ornate statue of a winged pegasus representing anarcho-socialist values that she liked to keep on her desk, and brought it swinging down on the head of her attacker. Unfortunately, it wasn't a pony about to carry her away, but a small, red-maned filly who cried out in pain. Stop! She squeaked in a daze as she crumpled to the floor. Sorry! Twilight gasped, helping the small filly up and trying to brush off the bruise that was quickly growing over the pony's forehead. I thought you were a tool of the cruel state machine here to oppress me. No, I'm from the filly's hospital. Don't worry, I know the way back. She held up a shaking hoof, clutching a familiar, if crumpled, envelope. I was tasked with the mission of delivering this message to you, miss. Twilight eagerly snatched the envelope, ripping it open. 
Her eyes widened with unsuppressed joy. She read her familiar words. Do you like me? Yes, no, maybe. The large cross scrawled beside the no confirmed her deepest desires to be true. A pony who could admit her dislike for another. She had found a kindred spirit, a fellow revolutionary. She no longer had to be shackled by the societal norms of this oppressive state. She sipped at the delicate blend of imported coffee which she had received last week for winning the office award for being pretty awesome. She was sure Rarity had rigged the vote, though. Just another indictment of the corrupt social system which imprisoned the helpless ponies of the land. Turning the letter over, she scanned her eyes over the words that had been added to the back. It was an address, directions to an unfamiliar cottage down in one of the small villages dotted around Canterlot Castle. There was also a date and a time. Her elation suddenly fell. The date and time was tomorrow. Surely there was no way she could escape from her office prison without arousing suspicion. She had got lucky once, but twice would be impossible. Or would it? A sneaky suggestion crossed her mind. As the office conga line continued to dance, she suddenly leapt onto her chair, gave a cry, and hurled herself to the ground in a faux faint. Oh, 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 I have a terrible headache! The conga line stopped. <laughs> All her colleagues looked on in shock. Shining Armor stepped forward, face one of sincere concern. Twily, you've fallen on that small filly! Oh. Twilight picked herself off the ground, which had felt suspiciously soft when she landed on it. Sure enough, a small filly struggled out from underneath her, muttering, Sorry. It's okay. Twilight looked at the crushed filly, then at her colleagues. I think she knows her way to the hospital. Oh. She flung a hoof to her forehead once more. Oh, yes, also, I have a terrible migraine. I'd better take tomorrow off. Oh, darling, you look dreadful. Rarity rushed up to her with a tender hug, but not so much as to potentially pass on any infection. Your mane is a mess, and you have bags under your eyes. What? I mean, yes. I'm really, really ill. In that case, Twily, take the week off. Shining Armor trotted over in concern as well, looking over his little sister. Don't worry, we can take care of things here. He glanced over to Twilight's desk, which alone in the office was tottering with mounds of paperwork. I guess we can all work overtime to manage the workload. At this, a cheer went up, and Twilight slowly made her way out coughing loudly to keep up the clever pretense, but inwardly congratulating herself on her clever ruse. The directions on the back of the letter took Twilight far outside the bounds of Canterlot. She had attempted to avoid the main gates and clambered down the dangerous steep wall, but had gotten stuck halfway down. Luckily, some of the guards had found her and helped her to the bottom.
before patting her on the back and giving her a free ice pop for being so brave. Twilight munched on the popsicle as she tottered across the lush fields of Equestria on her mission. Raspberry wasn't her favorite flavor, but she forced herself to enjoy it, knowing that every lick deprived the state of a portion of one of their instruments of pleasure. Perhaps if she found a way to eat all the popsicles, she could strike a decisive blow for freedom. That or get brain freeze. Stumbling along delightful rural paths, Twilight eventually found herself on the outskirts of a village known as Ponyville. She felt a thrill run up her spine. She had never been this far outside Canterlot before. It felt naughty, like doing something dark and forbidden. It wasn't forbidden, of course. Princess Celestia encouraged all her subjects to take time off work and spend days wandering about Equestria and learning about other ponies and their lifestyles in order to discover what suited them best. Twilight preferred to sit in her room and stare at the ceiling, the ultimate act of rebellion against the oppressively permitting state. Finally, she reached the destination as indicated on the letter, a small cottage nestled among a variety of picturesque trees with a babbling brook winding its way in front. It was almost like a picture postcard, but to Twilight, it was something more. It was freedom. Barely hiding her enthusiasm, she bounded up to the front door, rapping on it urgently with her forehoof. Trixie! Trixie, are you there? It's me, Twilight Sparkle! A panel on the door slid back, and a pair of angry lavender eyes glared out of the hole. What's the password? Twilight was taken aback. Password? She squeaked, staring at the letter again. There was no indication of any password on it. I don't know. Please? That's stupid. You're stupid! The door was flung open, and a familiar blue hoof lanced out to grab Twilight and jerk her inside, before slamming the door again. Twilight's eyes slowly adjusted to the dim light of the cottage. Like the outside, it seemed to be a pleasant, rural habitat, full of inoffensive soft furnishings with shelves covered in china cups and various knick-knacks. She was uncomfortably aware of her mysterious companion standing very close indeed, breathing heavily. It's very nice, she began, unsure of how to break the ice in this unfamiliar situation. Is it yours? No, the blue pony snarled, whirling Twilight around. It's rubbish, but it will do. Trixie found it abandoned, so uses it when Trixie wants to get some peace and quiet. But... Twilight's mouth gaped open as she tried to process this. I thought you were Trixie. Yes. Trixie nodded firmly. Trixie is Trixie. Oh, you talk in the third person. That's dumb. She clapped her hooves to her mouth as a tantalizing thrill ran over her. She had never called another pony names before. 
Under the rule of Princess Celestia, every pony was so nice, so kind. But this pony... No, Trixie thinks you're dumb! Trixie snapped back. Now that Twilight could see better in the dim light of the cottage, she finally could get a better look at her new friend. She was a unicorn like herself, but held herself with a lofty arrogance which rankled at some primal part of her nature. Trixie hated you from the moment she saw your fat flank getting in her way. This is amazing! I mean, terrible! She made her way to the nearest soft cushion and flopped herself down. All the love and peace and tolerance that Princess Celestia and her party teach, it's too much! I realized that to be truly free, a pony had to be able to irrationally hate. But no pony else seemed to want to join in. They were all too nice. And when I tried to protest, I was given a government grant to aid in my revolution project. She buried her head in her hooves. And now I've finally found someone who understands my revolutionary ideals. No, said Trixie, pouring a drink. Trixie just thinks you're stupid and have a stupid face. But Trixie likes that she finally has someone to hate her. Every day, Trixie works to cheer up sick fillies. Every pony loves her unconditionally, and she is showered in genuine gratitude and praise wherever she goes. Does that sound like a fulfilling life to you, Twilight Sparkle? No. No, Trixie, no. To defy the ruling oligarch, we must defy the all-encompassing love that prevails. Outside might be a totalitarian utopia, but in here we are free to hate. She paused and then quickly added, You bitch. Trixie filled up the glass with water and then threw it over Twilight's face. No, you are! Trixie hates that stupid stripe you have in your mane. What are you, five? As the water splashed over her face, Twilight felt another forbidden thrill. No pony had ever assaulted her before. She knew such actions were frowned on by the princess, and perpetrators could be subject to a strict telling off. But here, here she was free to do whatever she wanted without reprisals. It takes one to know one, she shouted back, slightly incoherently, as she picked up a cushion and threw it at Trixie's head, where it exploded in a flurry of feathers. This was a rubbish idea. I bet you're a rubbish entertainer. That was it. Trixie leapt at her, hoofs swinging as she knocked Twilight to the ground. You mule! Trixie doesn't have to take that from you! Twilight struggled as Trixie tried to pin her down, rolling hard to the right to topple her off, and stumbling into a bucket of water, flung the entire contents over Trixie. That's just the sort of unimaginative insult an ignoramus like you would come up with. Trixie doesn't even know what that means. You're just shouting out words you know. Trixie retorted as she toppled a bookcase in Twilight's general direction. Trixie hates you! The fight went on for a good hour, the two mares sparring verbally and physically, neither gaining the upper hoof, until finally both were sprawled out on the floor, panting with exhaustion and staring up at the ceiling. Wow! That was brilliant. She blushed slightly. I... I've never done anything like that before. It was Trixie's first time, too. Trixie admitted, lying atop a mound of ripped furnishings. 
Trixie thought you were really good for a pony as dumb as you. Do... Twilight ventured, feeling her heart racing at the dangerous thoughts. Do you want to do this again sometime? End part one. Thank you to the following people. Twilight Sparkle by Ginny DiGiuseppe. The Great and Powerful Trixie by Melissa Kessler. Shining Armor, voiced by Max S. Rarity by Morgan Danielle. Celestia by Autumn Rachel Dryden. This chapter's original text, production notes, and attribution links, along with archives and much more, can be found at hpmorpodcast.com. Some sound effects used are courtesy of the Free Sound Project. Today's music is Blue Skies by Maxine Sullivan. Thank you for listening, and come back in two weeks for the conclusion to 1984. Never saw things going.